You're listening to. Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real and filter conversation on career, family, relationships, and all things modern culture. I'm your host, Minji Chang. Hope you're doing well. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Uh, this episode, you guys has been a long time coming. I have been anticipating this pretty much since day one of First of All. And when I was first ideating what this podcast was going to be about, obviously relationships and how to live your best life and, you know, be the leader in your own life and figure out your career and all that stuff. The sex topic, which is this week's featured topic, of course, um, was something that I was like, we have to talk about this. This is one of the most important things that we deal with in our personal lives, and that's a driving force as just being a part of being a human being. Um, But it took me 82 episodes to get here. (laughs) And so we're here at episode 82, and I got to sit down with the perfect guest to talk about all of this. And that, of course, is Miss Melody Chang. Mel and I got to meet, uh, we've actually met technically several times being within each other's orbit through Asian America in LA, um, but really have gotten to know each other really in the last few months because of something really exciting that I'll announce later in this intro. But um, when I first just got to sit down and get to know her, there was something that clicked that I I was just like, this girl and I can talk and we can go, we can go there and it'll be fun and it'll be personal and it'll be It'll be brilliant. I felt it in my bones, you guys. And so uh, here we are at episode 82 where we get to sit down and talk about our personal stories and our experiences, learning about sex and advice and everything. You know, we got to go there. So um, Mel is just an incredible woman. She works for Jubilee Media. Um, Shout out to all the OG Jubilee Project fans out there because I'm definitely one of them. Shout out to Jason Lee. Um, They've made such great positive content to really open the minds of people all around the world. Uh, But Mel works for Jubilee and she is also one of the three hosts of Asian Boss Girl. Asian Boss Girl, if you follow podcasts and Asian America and both, you definitely have heard of this podcast. They're just three incredible women, Helen Wu, Janet Wang, and of course, Miss Melody. Um, They sit down and talk about a lot of the things that I talk about here on First of All. They talk about relationships and their careers and um, just their identities and the process they go through just being a woman, being an Asian American woman. And... I just, I adore all three of them. I have so much respect for them. They're gorgeous. They're smart and uh, generous with their thoughts. And so, yeah, getting to know Mel through that world and being in this podcast sphere together, it was just so cool to be able to do this and have this conversation. So I hope that you all enjoy this. And I do want to put a disclaimer because, you know, these are people's actual lives. I know that there can be kind of like a cognitive dissonance, like a separation, a disconnect, because you're listening to somebody through the airwaves, maybe on the other side of the world. Um, and maybe we'll never meet in person, but it is still someone's personal stories and um, an intimate part of ourselves, especially when we're talking about sex. And I've talked about a lot of very personal, private things outside of sex, too, about even depression and anxiety, the feelings that I deal with, the Me Too story, or you know, uh, my friend's suicide. They're all deeply personal. But um, in addition to that, because we're going into this space and because I have so much love and respect for Melody and I have love and respect for myself because I feel protective of my guests and whatever, it's just my nature. Um, I'm going to put it out there in the universe that everybody listening to this, you know, though it may be very entertaining and I hope that it is, that it is our personal lives and our personal stories and that it be received and listened to with the utmost respect and consideration and compassion. And I hope that also translates to whatever conversations you might have with your friends or peers or whoever about the same topic because Mel and I had this conversation with the hopes um, you know, putting in a public sphere does make it more normal and more comfortable comfortable for more people to talk about because we grew up 
not having a lot of those conversations, which we'll cover in this episode, and not having those conversations and having a lot of confusion or shame or just misinformation too, you know, it led to certain outcomes that we hope are not repeated and that um, people can be in a safer environment and that they can be more open and um, more confident and more comfortable about it. So yeah, because that's the goal and that's our intention and our purpose with this conversation and our podcast in general, I'm putting that out there explicitly for all y'all to just take that into consideration as you listen. And again, um, if you're going to have those conversations with others to be a good listener and to be respectful, you know, and honoring of the people that you're talking to when you have that out in your universe. Okay, that's the request. And before we move on into the episode, which I know you're all dying to get there, we'll get there, don't worry. I have a really fun announcement that I want to make. I'm very excited that I'll be collaborating with Mel and the rest of the Asian Boss Girl hosts, uh, along with the Perfectly Imperfect podcast, which is hosted by Christine Chen and Regina Fang. And the three podcasts, including, first of all, the three of us are coming together to host a one-day event on Saturday, October 5th at Ethos Society called Off the Mic. And uh, we're re- I'm just really honored to be part of this. I have so much love for all the women involved in this and um, our purpose and desire to create a physical space that we can be off the mic <laughs> and meet people in person and um, bring our supporters, our fans, our listeners together to have more dialogue with us to get to know us better personally and to get to know each other. Because as much as we love the digital space, we all are clearly all about it. Um, We all really value those relationships. And so if you can make it to LA October 5th, you can find all the information in the link in my bio on my Instagram at Minjeezy and at first of all pod. And I apologize for not updating that that much, but I'm getting on it. Um, Yeah. I'm really excited about this event. There'll be panel discussions. There'll be break off, you know, more uh, one-on-one, not one-on-one, but I mean, there'll be lots of discussions, but there'll be more uh, curated conversations happening that day. And I'm really excited. So I hope you'll come out and you can, yeah, click on that link and find more information on how to register and all of that. So I also want to say I'm really sorry to anybody who's been anticipating me releasing merch or all the things that I know that I've mentioned in the past. Um, Chalk it up to my severe imposter syndrome that I'm really getting over lately. And part of that is this off the mic event that's really making me move forward on a lot of things. I've um, had a little bit of a breakthrough. I know I've said that before, but this is there are things that are actually in motion and things that are being printed and made and that I'm actually really excited to share with the world. And that's coming from a genuine, authentic place and not this like fake, like I'm trying way too hard feeling. It's not there anymore. Um, and that's honestly in part to the amazing women that I'm going to be hosting this event with. So hope you're excited and I will continue to be better. I promise. But without further ado, that is a very long intro. I hope you'll come to Off the Mic. I hope you'll follow all the podcasts on Instagram and Twitter and all the things um, to hear more about the work that we're doing separately and together. And yes. So without further ado, here's my episode on learning about the birds and the bees and Sex 101 with Mel Chang from Asian Boss Girls. Enjoy. How are you doing, Miss Melody? I'm doing great. Good. I love your studio space. Oh, thank you so much. It's very um, professional. <laughs> so it's very cozy. It's actually exactly my vibe. Really? Yeah. Good. That's what I, I've like really worked on making an environment where people feel comfortable to talk because we go deep. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. I. By the way, I've already like said it in the intro because I'm a huge fan of ABG, but I love all the conversations you guys are having because you guys cover such a wide variety mm-hmm. of subjects and I think it's stuff that including what we're going to talk about today, stuff that a lot of people don't get to really hear in like, unless you're talking like intimately with yeah. your friends mm-hmm. and you're lucky to have that safe space. Otherwise you don't really hear about a lot of like our inner thoughts. No, I, I totally feel you. Actually, it was really flattered when you're like, oh, Mel, do you want to come on the podcast? I'm like, what? Minji from Collaboration? I feel like... What? <laughs> no, because everyone's like, oh my God, you have to meet Minji. She's like a legendary in the Asian American community space. So I kind of huh? feel like... I know. I'm like totally like flattering you right now. Oh my but, gosh. This is- um, I'm actually really excited to be here to talk about this. I feel like 
Well, today's topic, we're talking about what? Is it taboo and sex? Taboo and sex, but sex in general. Oh. Like, intro to, like, sex 101. Right? I, I just feel like this topic, it's... People are really uh, nervous to talk about it. Yeah. But we actually talk about this a lot, like, a lot with our girlfriends. Yeah. with And friends. And I feel like more openly, but definitely with girlfriends. Yeah. And definitely more openly, again, like, sliding scale, however comfortable you're yeah. with, your, with your home, like, whoever, you know, you might not be comfortable around talking about it. But I've even, like, talked about it with guy friends on a, you know, a very, in a very safe space mm-hmm. level of how to deal with it. Because it's such a personal part of our lives. Yep. And it's a very... It's not just personal. I feel like it's a very, like, driving force. Mm-hmm. Like, sex and, like, attraction, chemistry, dating, like, who we partner up with, who we spend time with, who we fall for. Yeah. Those things, like, really impact us mm-hmm. and can sway our moods or, like, cloud our brains, like, whatever, and like, cause all kinds of problems. And so it's a really, like, intertwined part of our lives, but we don't know how to unpack that sometimes. So for me, I realized, you know, okay, I'm going to work in entertainment, but... I had that public health side. That's like yeah. my that was my bio background. Mm-hmm. But I really wanted to like my other dream was to be a health teacher. Oh, and to, like wow. I wanted to be able to be in like a teenager setting to help make people comfortable mm-hmm. talking about stuff that like makes them like feel weird. Yeah, I mean not also be the teacher that, that gives them a banana and a condom, right? Yeah, no. Like, yeah. We don't need it. <laughs> Is that how you learned? Did you actually Honestly, do? yeah, like that's the thing. when you're talking about sex, I was trying to like think back like when did I even know what it was or how like, how to do it. Yeah. Because you know, that's where it all starts. Right? I, I honestly, like, even today, I feel like I'm still learning, like, what it is. Because I feel like it's so nuanced. Love, sex, like, and realizing, like, now sex really is, like, animalistic mm-hmm. type of action. It's mm-hmm. not just, like, it's, like, for me, it's, like, I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. Like, it kind of feels like sex is part of that. Yeah. General category. I'm randy. Like, I'm right? horny. Whatever. Yeah. Exactly. But even saying I'm horny is something... It feels sometimes kind of like awkward to say out loud. One hundred percent, I felt awkward saying it. Right? I was like, uh, because, and I think this goes. It ties to physical with cultural, mm-hmm. right? And so I think even well, first of all, how, like that's that's really where it starts, right? And you brought up like how you even found out about it, mm-hmm. you know, and that education, whether that's in like a formal setting mm-hmm. or whether it's just because you watch TV or like heard it in a song. Everyone's kind of introduced to it, yeah. probably most likely through pop culture and probably before a teacher or somebody that's like, you know, certified to talk to you mm-hmm. about it, sits you down and like educates you on it. Yeah. Right. I mean, that was for me. Mm-hmm. I learned, I feel like sex entered my consciousness in a way for like my first memories is from Top Gun. Oh, really? <laughs> like, when I was like five years old. Uh-huh. I didn't know what was happening. Yeah. But there was something very, I was like, whoa, this is like a moment. Yeah. It's like Berlin, take my breath away, starts playing. <laughs> Da-na-na-na-na. And I, I remember being five and I, I didn't, and had no idea what sex was, but there was like something, you could tell its significance mm-hmm. and that it was a man, it was Tom Cruise and um, Kelly McGillis yeah. getting all like silhouetted and sensual. Yeah. And that was like my earliest memory mm-hmm. of like being introduced to it. Do you remember anything like that? I, that's the thing that's weird. Like I remember moments of like, you know, accidentally finding magazines in my in my mom's closet. I'm like, I don't know what, like, why, what? Is, like, like that sounds really awkward. What that? Yeah, yeah. Like, cause for me, like, my parents never talked to me about sex. Oh no, who's? I want to take a poll. Yeah. and be like, whose parents actually talk to them about sex? Yeah. Because honestly, okay, we're both Asian American, and I think the narrative within us is like obviously not talking about feelings is a very stereotypical, universal like experience. Obviously, talking uh, included in that is like sex or yeah. anything that's like remotely like squirmy. Like no, yeah. But I think there's still a lot of like non-Asian people too that like their parents are not going to sit them down and be like, "So, honey, let me talk about protection." Yeah, my, yeah. I definitely never got that talk. But I'm trying to think back when I first. Had an encounter with what knew what sex was. I think, like honestly, I read like those Nicholas Sparks novels. Ah, right. And I the Notebook. <laughs> the Notebook is probably what, like you know, what I can remember the most is just reading about it. I didn't understand like it's just like I'm reading these these words, but I don't understand what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And watching the movie, I was like, oh, they're very heated, and I don't like what are they doing? Got and it. I, and yeah. I remember being a young kid, like the word sex was definitely thrown around. Mm-hmm. And I remember the word virgin came up and I thought for the longest time being a virgin meant that you didn't know what sex was. Oh, I didn't know. That's what, was, what virgin means. Yeah. Is that you like, don't know what it is. Yeah. The Go understanding ahead. of it. I didn't know it was the action. So I remember hanging out with my best friend, her brother was older and like, I was trying to be like, 
I was like, oh my god, Jimmy, I am not a virgin. I know what sex is. And he was like, <laughs> and, he, and he was like, what the hell are you talking about? How darling. I, like, I was like, what, 10 years old? Yeah. So I didn't know anything. And then, lo and behold, he was like, no, that's not what, that's not what it means. And I was like, what are you <laughs> talking about? In case you didn't know. Right? Well, how, how, do you have siblings? I have one younger brother. Younger brother. So you're oldest. I am the oldest. So my thing was, okay, so besides the pop culture thing, I have an older brother. Oh. And I'm not trying to throw him under the bus, but it's like... You know, they they mature and they are and like he at a young age was like he was popular with the ladies. So oh. and I liked boys like my friends make fun of me. They're like, you probably liked boys since you're like out of the womb. Dude, like, I'm the same. Do you I'm always you like crushed on people? I, I crushed on guys in my preschool. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I remember being like attracted to boys and just being like, oh, my gosh, they're so cute. Yeah. But again, that having a crush on someone does not mean like it's a sexual awakening. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you have sexual feelings or desires because again that's just those are different things. But yeah. crushes like were early on. So just kind of like the dynamic, I guess, mm-hmm. came into my awareness really early. At a young age. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I wanted to like hold their hand and be like, why do I want to do that? You know, you don't yeah, know. Yeah, I want to like hug him or kiss him and chase him around. But I think yeah, but I feel like sex is like a whole different like ballgame when you're like, what what is this? What's yeah. going on? Like for your for your brother, did you feel like did you like Maybe, like, walk in on him doing something or, like... Oh, thank God, no. I I know that that happens. And, again, if it happens, you know, people are people. It's fine. You'll you'll recover. Um, But... Because I do have friends who have walked in on things. Oh, really? But, like, I did... I did like he his he and his friends like his, they'd be hanging out. We'd be watching like '90s K-pop videos, mm. and then there's like a girl jumping around in like a crop top, yeah. and they'd be like, "Ooh, look at that!" Yeah. So like they're like clearly looking at her boobs, and like she like shake her butt, like she's being sexual because like yeah. what you know she's a pop star, um, and so like things like that, and then like all the hip hop and all the R and B that yeah. I listened to, they always were talking about like love making, and they're like uh, like even like boys to men, I'll mm-hmm. make love to you. I didn't know what that meant, mm-hmm. even though I was like singing along with it. Since I was, like, nine years old. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I had to, like, piece it together a lot. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, I think that's what they mean. Because they just talked about her taking her clothes off. Like, girl, take off your clothes. I'm going to take all my clothes off, too. Yeah. And so you just kind of, like, figure it out. Uh Uh-huh. And then I think... I don't know if it was my brother's or, like... It was probably his... Sorry, I love you, Pa. But (laughs) um, I found, like, a Playboy. And, like, you know, I... And I was like, oh. And, like, just different encounters. Like, I, I had friends, like... Friends that had parents that had porn, and we like found it in uh-huh. their in their bedroom, and so yeah. And again, we're like discovering all these things. You know that it's bad because mm-hmm. it's hidden, exactly. And you're like, why <gasps> they're naked? Yeah. And you know, like, what is that? And I don't know. Knife. I actually, I don't tell totally you because, like, I'm trying to think back about like. So I actually think, like, not knowing what sex is, but then. For me, it reminds me of masturbation. Like, uh-huh. before, I don't know about you, but like, I feel like before I even had sex, I started masturbating. Yeah. But I didn't even know what I was really doing. You don't know. Yeah. There's, like, the whole thing. And say, like, I went through puberty pretty young. Mm-hmm. So, like, I became aware of, like, physical things changing, including, like, masturbation and all that. Like, the act of doing it, young age. Yeah. Because, like, I feel like, personally, and I grew up in California, in NorCal, I felt like the education that we were getting were very, like, mechanical. Yeah, I agree. And it was not about, like, again, this is my memory. Maybe they did talk about it, and I wasn't mm-hmm. ready to, like, absorb it from, like, Mrs. Whoever that's, yeah. like, talk, like yep. 50 years old and talking yep, to me about totally. it. I just didn't absorb really anything about the emotional and, like, psychological part of it. Mm -hmm. None of that registered from school. It was purely, like, boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. This is what happens to, like, procreate. Yeah. And that's, again, helpful to know. Yeah. But, like, nothing else, really, that I remember. No, I actually relate to you because, like, even when you're talking about your story about, like, your brother, like, seeing, oh, that girl's hot. Like, even all these things with, like, life skills classes and, like, vagina, like, here's a penis. I, for me, I never comprehend, like, why is that, like, why do people do this? I don't understand. Like, yeah, why, yeah, yeah. Like, why, does, why do people having sex? That doesn't make sense to me. Right. Like, wh- why would you want to get naked with someone else? Like, why would you want to do this? And even though I wanted to, like, kiss boys, like, I was attracted to guys. Yeah. It didn't, like, that was a whole other step that I guess, because I did not know that, mm-hmm. it didn't equate, like, oh, this thing that I feel for this boy over here means, like, eventually I'm going to want... I, it, exactly. It's a, it's a very different... Um, sense of 
like awareness. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, oh, I'm aware. I like him, and he's cute, and I want to hold hands and like give me a kiss and like whatever. Yeah. But the sex part, it was like it. They didn't equate, and so when I watch stuff like porn, which I first watched porn when I was ten. Oh, okay. At the friend's house that had yeah. the, we we were like, hmm. hmm, and you know, at that time we had little parental supervision. Like mm-hmm. honestly, we were like latchkey kids. We went to school. We either walked or rode our bikes home or whatever, mm-hmm. and kicked it until like our parents got home around dinner time. Mm. So from like three to six-ish, we were unsupervised. So doing our own thing. Doing our own thing. This is when the internet AOL was like, you know, popping. And so there's just like a whole like ocean of stuff to mm-hmm. discover. No one's explaining it to us. Yeah. And we're just like finding it and coming to our own conclusions. And what which it is. Like. I mean, I felt like I, when I first remember the, one of the porn that I was like, oh, they're kissing. Obviously, they're being like sexual. This is probably like 80s or like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like very cheesy. And music. I was like, oh, God. You know, and yeah, yeah, you yeah. feel like you're aware. Even at that age, I was like, this is really bad production. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this isn't flattering. But I remember even like when they were like giving a blowjob, I was like, why are they doing Dude, like, that? Why would you want to do that? It wasn't yeah. like turning me on, it was confusing the crap mm. out of me. Yeah. I was like, why in God's name would you do this? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you're like literally trying to figure it out as you go. Yeah, that's how I felt. I no, I, I'm trying to trying to think back because so I feel like like going back to the idea of the ta- sex is a taboo topic. Yeah, I think it's like it's very like a. I remember in fifth grade. This is so random. We're presenting like a Columbus or like whatever project, and we had to use like uh, the like the the this not laptop, but. Projector, projector screen uh-huh. and one of the kids i think he was like trying to struggle to get his project up and he opened up the internet and mm-hmm. this all of a sudden this like naked women pops up like an ad and everyone oh, no. everyone just like freaking out and my teacher goes jp what is this and it was like it was an accident uh-huh. you know those random like advertisements pop up but that means he was watching porn or maybe it- someone's on his project or his dad or something okay okay and i think with that reaction you knew this is something you could you can't talk about you can't like yeah you can't bring to class it's and then, inappropriate and it, we felt that right away from our teacher so i think that's why when i when i see like these naked magazines in the closet i felt like this is dangerous or this is something yeah. i should look at right yeah totally and so even when like like, when you're talking about porn, I'm curious because it's just, like... I mean, obviously, you're seeing all this happen, but then... Because I feel like I actually masturbated at a very young age, mm-hmm. but I didn't know what I was doing or why. Yeah. And I felt it was kind of, like, forbidden. Yeah. Right? Well, actually, no, when I first did, I didn't feel like it was forbidden, mm-hmm. but it definitely felt private. It did... Yeah. Like, there's... You, you instinct... For me, I instinctually felt like this is not something I would, like, share with anybody. Yeah. Even though nobody had prompted me not to. Yeah. But I think what you're saying is totally, like, on point. I kind of had built an awareness that this subject... Oh, well, I also remember, like, when sex scenes would come up in movies as a kid, mm -hmm. my parents would always cover my eyes. Gotcha. So there were definitely other things that, like, told me this is for adults Mm. or, like, this is not for you Mm -hmm. or this is not something you you're not allowed to participate in this. It's mm-hmm. not a- allowed, you yeah. know? So I think I, that those things like that, like probably in school, like hearing how, um, you know, oh, rated R, like mm-hmm. you're not allowed to go. You're too young. Yeah. And you're like, why? And then like when we watched like, I watched a lot of like action movies, but mm-hmm. then like in action movies, it's always violence and sex. There's yeah. always like some sex scene in it with like Bruce Willis doing whatever. Mm-hmm. And like during those parts, it would be a very like immediate cover your eyes. And, um, you just figured that out. And so I definitely didn't, I didn't feel ashamed per se, but I definitely felt like, oh, I'm doing something that you can't, like, you shouldn't be doing. That should not be publicized or, yeah. like, I will not tell anybody. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird. I think at a young age, I'm trying to think when, like, when my, when me, surrounded by, like, my younger guy friends, I feel they like talked about, like, jacking off or giving themselves a hand job. And, like, I don't know how I was part of this conversation, <laughs> but I, I feel like I, I felt like masturbation was a male thing. And 100%. I feel like as a woman, I couldn't. Even though I was doing it, I don't know why. I don't even know how I started doing it. I don't really remember either. But I remember, like, hiding and, like, I don't know, I would hide and do it. But then, I, I think knowing the fact that, like, my guy friends talk about it, no, none of my girlfriends talked about it at a young age. I'm like, oh, I'm doing something very shameful, and I got to do it behind closed doors. 100%. More, right? I honestly feel like I've been, I've been kind of the one. I went through, and this is, like, in the sexual journey. I, I dated someone a lot older. I went through, like, my sexual um, like losing my virginity really young. I mean, again, that's like depending on who you talk to, but to me, I, th- I think 15 was oh, yeah. a really young age. And, um, like, so I went through like an intensive. I feel like I got 
really introduced really strongly to a lot a lot and because I was in a sexually abusive relationship oh. which is a whole other thing but I got introduced to like hypersexual situations really young so the flip side of it and not you know it was in a lot of ways very hard to deal with but on the flip side of it I was like oh I have more experience than a lot of my girlfriends mm-hmm. I understood I kind of instinctually felt like their discomfort with it mm-hmm. so I actually started talking about masturbation with friends just to try to make them more comfortable about oh, it wow, okay. but that didn't happen until my 20s oh, like I literally I feel like up until my 20s, same as you, it was not for women. Like, Mm -hmm. masturbation, like, jerking off, like, whatever. All that stuff was all for for guys. Mm -hmm. And, like, this is what I'm realizing. Again, you don't... I wasn't thinking about that at the time, but I'm realizing as an adult, like, a woman's pleasure. And I think that that's just, like, also feeds into, like, the issues around sex right now. Mm -hmm. Is that recognizing that a woman's pleasure is as equal in value to a guy. Like, like how we treat birth control and Viagra is, Mm -hmm. like, very... Um, telling um, that that's been like a taboo thing yeah. like a woman having pleasure and a woman like enjoying herself or discovering herself mm-hmm. or like valuing her her orgasm as much as like a guy's mm-hmm. is like that's a to me honestly at this time in 2019 is still a very like in some circles it's not a brand new subject yeah. but I think in the wider society mm-hmm. it's still a new new topic that's true that a lot of people are just trying to get comfortable with that's my opinion yeah no that makes sense i think i feel like it's also hard because a lot of my girlfriends are very vocal like now about it like did you come or all this stuff like you better get your <laughs> orgasm like very empowering yeah so it's like i get think yours it, girl right so i feel like i'm actually very lucky to have like a circle that's very like mm-hmm. very empowering but empowers other women to have like really good sex and like you know get yours like, get Enjoy your body yourself. yeah like you know take ownership of it um but i do agree maybe that like the larger like our larger community or like or the world doesn't really talk about this stuff based on the laws and all that stuff that's passed yeah i um, really don't think so but going off like your other story like i'm trying to think back um like the masturbation sex i remember like <clears throat> like let's, i want to hear about your i want to hear about your story losing your virginity uh-huh uh cuz i feel like that's always something like Oh, how, how, you know, how was it, right? Yeah. But I remember being a freshman in my Algebra 2 class, and, you know, the girls talk. Yeah. Yes, we do. Right? <laughs> so in high school, I was at, like, I was a younger girl in that class, because my mom put me on these tutoring classes, so I was, like, a freshman in Algebra 2, and all, like, the juniors and seniors would be got talking it, got it, got it. about, like, about boys, and I knew they all, had, uh, they all had boyfriends, and I was just sitting in the corner, and they're like, oh, hi. they're talking, and they're talking about sex, uh-huh. and how they're doing it, uh-huh. and for me, I was like, oh my god, like, people are actually doing the stuff I see in the movies, and they're talking about giving blowjobs, and I literally was like, ill. Why, like, why would you do, like, literally, like, why, why would you want to, like, do that? You Who know? would elect to do this activity? Like, like exactly. I'm Sometimes like, I pass this to my mind now, I'm like, why? No, I'm just kidding. Right, but then, but when I was younger, it's like, that sounds really gross and yeah. disgusting, why would you want to do that? Yeah. And then, but it wasn't until I started having sex, I'm like, oh. Like, I feel like a a door like a Pandora's box is open I was like oh this is something I didn't know right well because everything leading up to it is again depending on where you grew up and yeah. like the environment you're around and what you're you know lucky to have around you in mm-hmm. terms of like openness you're I think you're really kind of left to your own devices really yeah. like and and not you know I th- I think for safety's sake I I come from that public health background and like from even from the data side the fact that there are real risks related to sex you know it's not just about pleasure and it's yeah. not just about that this is a, a very biological activity that you know results in either a pregnancy or a disease or mm-hmm. bo- like it's there there are other things that are collateral damage or not damage okay like having a kid is not damage but like there are consequences there are mm-hmm. things that happen besides like somebody having an orgasm right. Right? Yeah, I agree. And so I think, like, we are, and this is not even consistent, at least in, in the U.S., not even consistently, like, a law or, like, allowed in 50 states for to even, for someone to even be educated on the mechanics of it, which I think is absolutely ludicrous. Like, really? Yeah. There's, like, there's there's abstinence-only education still in this country. That's crazy, And the actually. state gets to choose that. And so what I'm, I'm learning that on, like, the, on the, like, structural side, mm-hmm. you're setting up people to, like, have, like, I look at our bodies as, like, this is our machine. Like, yeah. this is way more important than a car. And, like, yeah, that's totally true. And we don't know how to operate it. Yeah. Like, we do, you don't even know, like, there's kids walking around who are horny and who are um, curious and, like, coming into their own and they're, like, having sex without knowing, like, what the consequences yeah. are. Like, they don't know, oh, if you do this, you still could get pregnant. Yeah. You could be misinformed and be like, well, if I only have sex the first time, there are people that walk around thinking that, like, if I only have sex once or, yeah. like, if it was, like, me losing my virginity, 
I can I don't I can't get pregnant. Like they'll yeah. believe that. You know what I mean? That's kind of crazy to me because like now I think about like looking back at my own like personal sex education from like my parents, which I didn't get any. Yeah, it's like if I didn't have my school with like even that they didn't even give me a really good. Um, like, a good formal education on sex, it kind of seems like that is my only, like, ray of hope to get any, like, any information yeah. about it, right? Yeah. So, it's kind of crazy for me so to hear that. that frightens me. Yeah. Like, I, like, I'll meet people from all over the country. My cousin grew up in Alabama. She literally got told in class, I don't know if, like, what the, what mechanics they got taught, but they also, she, they also did the scotch tape thing. Have you heard of this? No. I learned about this through her. Her teacher was a woman. She put a piece of scotch tape on her arm, pulled it off, put it on, pulled it off, and she said, this is what happens when you get have sex. You become less sticky. So don't, like... What? And I was like, I don't even... What, I, what is the message? So your job is to remain sticky? Like, like, I don't understand. I don't even understand. But that was, like, an analogy that happened in her formal education environment. Like, that happened at school. And I was like, what is that? That sounds like we're back in, like, 1960s or something. That's what I'm saying. And she's way younger than me, so this was, like, in the 90s. This like, 90s, early 2000s. What the hell? Yeah. This happened. So I was like, okay. Yeah. And so, you know, anyway, but going back to what you're saying about, like, learning... Oh, you're talking about, like, like losing your virginity? Mm Mm-hmm. I was, like, really, really into boys in my early teens. Like, no, since... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, lo- I just had crushes on everybody, mm-hmm. and um, even though I like had boyfriends starting when I was like ten, uh-huh. it was always very like sweet because I'm still like even though I have a lot of these feelings that yeah. I think everybody has, I was still really shy around boys. Yeah, so like I get all gooey and like I would go as far as like holding hands. I had my first kiss when I was fourteen, mm-hmm. and that was straight up like out of a Nicholas Sparks movie, which I like. I'm so grateful for my first kiss. Um, it was like in a there's an outdoor dance happening, but oh we were gosh. standing in a tennis court, like empty, with oh the music gosh. playing. Yeah, and we danced, and then you kissed me. That sounds really sweet. It was really sweet. Um, I don't remember feeling it because I was so nervous that yeah. I was having a mental breakdown. <laughs> but it was like I know that it happened, and it's like very special. But then see, like it's a, it was a weird conflict for me because then right after that guy, we parted ways. We were dating long distance, which was like San Jose and Pleasanton, which is like forty <laughs> minutes drive. Now it's not, well, now even in LA, 40 minutes drive is kind of a big deal. No, it's a long distance. It's a long distance LDR. Um, But I dated an older guy um, who was really not, I I was 14 and he was 23. (gasps) So, see, now you're getting to know me. But, like, my intro to, like, actual sex was actually pretty traumatic. Or, it's like, it's not something that I ever want anybody to replicate. Mm. Um, Because that's, this is the issue. Why I want to talk about it. I was aware of sex at a young age. I think at a normal age where kids are curious, getting access to internet and to movies and to music. That's all kind of giving this, like, and school this co- combined education. Mm-hmm. And then um, when I met this older guy, it's odd because I think I did have a bit of an ego about guys. So I was like, oh, like this guy's like a way upgrade. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I'm older, dating. Yeah. yeah. Older has a car. Like all the older girls at my church, like all thought he was good looking and all swooned. And so like, but I mean, he was, it, it's a predatory. Like it's not okay that he was talking to someone so young. Yeah. Um, and then he was very sexual with me right off the bat. Oh man. But I was curious. Yeah. So, but like, again, at 14, you don't have that level of maturity. You're just like going with whoever calls you pretty. Exactly. You're like, yay. So it was a very confusing time. Mm -hmm. And, um, my first time actually, like I, don't remember feeling it. I actually left my body. Like, I remember I didn't want it to happen because also, this also adds to context of my life, I was really, really Christian growing up. Yeah. So, like, having all of these feelings about, like, being curious and being, like, attracted to guys and, like, dating, mm-hmm. it all felt even more forbidden. Yeah. Like, you are not allowed to have these kinds of interactions. And it, even at the time, I was young and only holding hands yeah. or, like, hugging guys, yeah. you know? There was no sexual contact happening at all, but I still, like, you always felt, like, the eyes on mm-hmm. you. And so there was a rebellious part of me, too, that's, mm-hmm. like... I'm grown. I'll do what I want. Yeah. 14, you know? Yeah. So now that you get like this, like really tempting, like 
the candy, shiny object, yeah, yeah, the shiny object that at the time I was so deeply insecure and just wanted somebody to like like me. Yeah, um, I equated a lot of like really bad things with like, oh, he cares about me, he wants me, like yeah. I'm desirable. It's because I always felt like chubby or like weird or ugly mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, so yeah, my first experience like was pretty bad in terms of like it, it kind of breaks my heart that that was my first time. Yeah, um, and. It, it was it was really a not good situation, but I continue to have sex after that, and still, honestly, between then and and now, I've still been on this journey to like learn how to appreciate my body, yeah, and like my experience mm-hmm. that it matters, and like so it started off in like a pretty sucky place, yeah, but yeah, so my heart goes out to anybody who's like had a bad first time yeah. or like anticipates or have anxiety about their first time whenever that is because mm-hmm. it is important. It is. It is really important. Like I don't know how is man. So just hearing your story makes me kind of like it, it, it's somewhat disappointing. I'm I'm really sorry you went through that. Yeah. It actually sounds my best friend had a similar situation. Mm-hmm. So she was also she was. 13 or 12 when she lost her virginity I think and it's to an older guy who mm-hmm. was much older than her mm-hmm. and I think at that age you're just like you don't you can't comprehend what your values your morals and like when yeah. a guy says I like you you're, that that holds so much more weight than it does now right yeah now it's not you're like well you can say that but what does that uh, what does that really mean though are you <laughs> yeah. just all talking all this stuff but when you're younger you don't know any of that stuff yeah and so you're more willing to give your body away to do all these things so like right she felt kind of like she was kind of scarred from that situation too but she's better now but it just makes me sad like even these guys I'm like dude be aware of your fucking self yeah like you shouldn't be doing this with someone younger when they don't know what's going on it's just like a lack of awareness and I think it's also cultural impact too like when we talk about like the value of like a woman's body or like her sexuality I think this is where I get it gets into mm-hmm. really murky territory where I get very angry yeah <laughs> and I want to be a better listener but I'm also like dude we've been living in this man's world where like a man's pleasure a man's sexuality a man's um pro- like how many kids he has like his name dude it's not all about you you know what i mean and so women they actually matter in this equation again this is talking in a heterosexual format but just to have like equity and like in 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 a sexual encounter it's been like and this is where it gets psychological because there's a lot of people who this is where it gets into like the other like what what your fetish or your kink is like they like dominance yeah men like dominance women like dominance but like when you're normalized to that that like a man dominating you is something that ought to be desired you can like normalize it in your brain of like ooh, i don't want to but he still persisted yeah that's a fine line mm-hmm. of like oh like pursuing someone but or raping them you know yeah, what i mean yeah, and yeah. so i feel like we've been this cultural shift is really happening right now and I, I breaks my heart that your friend went through that. Like, it really, like, genuinely makes me sad. And I've opened up about this to girlfriends, yeah. and I've heard so many more stories. Like that? That it happens, like, pretty... It's, like, not everyone, of course. Not many. It's more common than we actually it's, think it it's is. It's a lot more common than we we probably know about. Damn. Because it's, it's, it's very personal. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I I feel like my first time was a little bit more... It's definitely different. Uh-huh. Um... Not to, like, flip the story. No, no, no. I want to know. Um, I mean, obviously, growing up, I think I talked about how, like, my idea of sex is based off Hollywood and, like, movies and stuff, too. Mm-hmm. So the notebook was something, like, I thought it was, like, a magical moment where, like, you just take off your clothes and look at each other. And then you had this, like, beautiful, like, a, kind of like a realization or something, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I didn't know what orgasm was. I didn't know any of this stuff or... I mean, I, played, I masturbated, so I knew what it felt like, but I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And my first time... This was my first boyfriend. So I was, I was happy to lose my virginity to him because we were in a committed relationship. And he actually had sex before me. So he had sex with his first girlfriend. So I, would, I was his second. And Got it. it was my first time. And I remember it was dark in his room. He had a bunk bed that he, oh sh- my goodness. That he shared with his grandpa, who wasn't there. Who was I will oh. clarify. Oh, I'm sure he wasn't there. But like, wow, still, what no. a setting. Right? I was like, oh, man, this is going to happen. And I remember... yeah. I mean, we fooled around before, and then we're like, oh, are we going to do it? And, like, you hear all these stories, like, oh, is my hymen going to break? All these little things. Yeah. I don't think it did. But anyways, um, I mean, we did it. It mm-hmm. was, like, really quick. And I think I cried the first time. Did you? Because it, I think the feeling of it, the sensation, I mean, it hurt, obviously, but it wasn't it wasn't the magic feeling that I thought I would get. Yeah. Based off the movies and stuff. So yeah. Like, he was like, what's wrong? I was like, oh, I just, it's not what I... That'd be. Oh, that's so crushing. Right? Oh. And if I was like, really, like the candles, there were all these like little things I wanted. Like, I guess I wanted the setting to be right. Yeah. And it just wasn't that. 
You know, it's kind of underwhelming. For sure. And that's, this is what, like, again, without, without any, without any prep for, like, or, like, no, like, again, you're left to your own devices. You're going to, like, interpret what you think and Mm -hmm. your expectations will be in such a way. And without lack of education, all these different things. It's gonna really, and honestly, I feel bad for your boyfriend. Like he's probably like, "Oh my god, that probably like sucks, sucked to hear." She's <laughs> crying. Oh. Uh, I mean, it just, I'm laughing, but it's really like it breaks my heart. It shows like the innocence of what you think sex or like romantic making love is, right? Exactly. And it's not. I mean, it's different now, but like back then, your image. notions are so so different at the time. Like it's. Oh, poor thing. How can I ask how old you? Are? I was 16. I was 16. considered pretty young to lose Yeah. I don't regret losing it to him because I feel like we were, I mean, we had a con and we were safe about it and it was someone I actually really cared about. Got it. You know, so it wasn't, so it was okay, but the experience of it wasn't what I expected. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I can say that times 100 for sure. And it's, it, it's set, it settles with you. And again, it, depending on when you're, cause I, I've known people that are, you know, quote unquote late bloomers and they have first have sex in like their twenties, but still like sometimes that's even different. Like they've waited that long. They've yeah. had even more time to anticipate and, and wonder what that's going to be like and mm-hmm. how they will feel. And to whatever degree they can either be like, wow, that really exceeded my expectations, but probably more like uh, that. Oh, okay. I thought it'd be better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, my question for you too, cause it's like, so I mean, obviously, you start having sex at a young age. Mm-hmm. Did your parents like ever find out? They found out. Okay, my my particular story. It's like a very. I equate it to like a Korean drama. Everything that happened in that time period happened in very intense and like traumatic ways. Oh shoot! Um, because because of the person that I was with and how it all went down. They were, like, it came out in a very, 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 very bad way, like, involving police. So, like... Oh, shit. Yeah. It's, like, a Korean... Like, I'm writing, y'all. Um, but, no, I'm, I'm trying to process it. But I've already processed this, like, but I'm just kind of, like, trying to figure out um, what's the best way to, like, help people because my parents found out in the most embarrassing, most traumatic... And, like, it, it scarred me because I lived this, like, double life. Yeah. Because <laughs> on the outward side, as a teenager, I was so, like, perfect. Like, I got straight A's. I was, like, part of student body leadership. Like... Went to church on Sundays. Church on yeah. Sundays. Like, and, and so it's, like, this really tough thing to incorporate that part of you. Um, when I felt, like, this burning desire to, like, please my parents and then please my boyfriend, and he was very controlling. So I was just, I felt like as as strong as people say my personality is, which I am, I'm an mm-hmm. opinionated person, um, I can definitely have my sassy moments, and I was that way when I was younger, but it's a very vulnerable time. Yeah. I mean, you're so, 14. Yeah. You're just, like, you... And it's, I don't say that to, like, condescending to younger people, but it's just, it's a loving reminder. Like, you're, like you're still coming into your own. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's unfair, A, to put expectations on yourself yeah. that you ought to have figured anything out mm-hmm. by then. But it's important that you actively take participation in, like, figuring it out. Because yeah. you are figuring it out. I mean, we're know? still figuring it out today. Exactly. Like, and we're, like, what, 20? I'm 28. You're th- I'm 34. Yeah. Like, I'm figuring it out still, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like that's going to, like, that's what you can find out as an adult, that it's an ongoing process. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I was very convinced that, like, well, no, I had inklings, like, this is way, I'm in way over my head, <laughs> but, like, you're, like, this fight-or-flight mode. Yeah. So, you're, like, I'll figure it out. Oh, you want me to do this? Okay. Like, oh, this will make you happy? Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is going to keep me safe? Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, my ex, like, he, it's so weird to call him my ex because it feels like such a foreign, like, entity, but yeah. he he really um, definitely fed into the idea that, like, he owned my body. Oh, gosh. So there were parts of me that fought back mm-hmm. to, like, want to own my sexuality and to enjoy it. But at the end of the day, if I looked back on it, a lot of it was just to please him. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I never I never orgasmed with him in five years. Yeah. And lots of sex with that one boyfriend. Yeah. Um, we were rarely safe. You know, mm. like... Oof. Because his pleasure, like, he's like, I don't like how it feels with a condom on. Yeah. So we didn't. And, you, like... And you can not go on birth control or anything. Yeah. I, I did get on birth control at, eight, at 18. And, again, that's the danger because I was so deathly scared to, yeah. like, let anybody know that this was something I was doing. That it impedes... It's like, it's a barrier to being safe. Mm-hmm. Because 
I can't walk. I'm, I will, like, I think I did a couple times because I was so scared. I did, like, buy condoms. And this guy's, like, way older than me. I was buying everything. Like, I spent my money on... What the fuck? This yeah. guy sucks. It's, yeah. I understand. But, um, yeah, I mean, did you... Well, you said that when you first had sex, yeah. like, you had a condom. Was that something that your boyfriend Bought. had and, like, yeah. he made sure? You guys talk about it? Yeah, so he definitely... Um, whether it's a school, you know, school, like, oh, we have the health center. Oh, they give you they away? Give, yeah, we had free condoms there. I think he got it from them or whatever. But, yeah, he would buy condoms. But I guess for me, like, the reason I asked you, like, if your parents found out, my mm. mom found out. Okay. So I remember I was, I think I was 16. I was driving to school. She knows, she knew I had a boyfriend. So my mom and I are pretty open, but we're still taboo about sex, right? Yeah. She never told me about, she never gave me the sex, like, this is what sex is talk. But huh. when I got my boyfriend, she's dropping me off at school and she goes, so, you know, like, implying that I know you're hanging out a lot with him. And she goes, are you being safe? And that's all she asked me. Oh. And I was like, I, I don't, I can't lie. I'm that, I'm that person. I just, I don't lie. And I was like, yes. I, I was like, I think I said yes. And I kind of looked away and she goes, I'm going to, I'm going to take you to the, the hospital to get you some birth control. Wow. She was like, I'm going to get you protection. She was like, I know I can't, I can't stop you from doing these things, but if anything, I could protect you from it. Wow. So my mom was like very, um, go mama. She was very, uh, very brave and very proactive in that situation. I think it's also because my mom is more Americanized quote unquote. Cause right. she came over to the U S when she was like a freshman in high school. Mm-hmm. So I think she had kind of like understood growing up in the U S in a high school setting, how that's like and hormones and everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Having a daughter who's going through it too. Yeah. She never asked me about anything else besides that, but she got me birth control and, I mean, so I was with this guy for two and a half years. So we, I was on protection. I want to say we still use condoms. I, probably not, but I was on BC, so mm-hmm. it was fine. But I had a pregnancy scare mm-hmm. because I was super paranoid as a kid, too. Like, because the lack of education I got, I was like, oh, my God, pre-com. That means I have sperm in me or whatever. Yeah, right? yeah. And I got so nervous to the point where I bought pregnancy test. And that still wasn't convincing enough to a point where I had to tell my mom. Got it. I was like, Mom, I'm really scared right now. And she's like, what's going on? And then I could tell she was, like, disappointed, but she at the, or she was in protective mode at that point. She's like, I'll she take you to the hospital. Yeah. I got my blood checked, uh-huh. and it was negative. And so I, I think that was the only time I went through something like that. But I look back, and I see how my mom was very strong for me and, like, mm-hmm. very there. And I'm like, that's not someone, that's like the type of person I would want to be for my daughter or my child. Yeah. Because it's just, it's hard, but it's like, oh, my God, my kid's having sex. But at the same time, it's like... I'm going to protect her. I want to protect her at all yeah, costs. And yeah. so she did what she could. So I really appreciate that. And so I think with that, like, I'm a little more cautious mm-hmm. how I go about my sexual like encounters now. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of different ways that you can, like, learn or not learn that. I mean, I definitely... I'll, I'll save it for another episode because it's, like, again, the K-drama. But I went through my own, like, really really tar- like that that time of my life was deeply traumatic but i've processed it. i've had time to process that i have a lot of appreciation for how strong my mom was too yeah. to like be there for me once i let her in yeah. and once that well i didn't even let her i it, it, like catastrophically yeah. she she was it blew up and so she, it was exposed is yeah. more the thing but she really stepped up to be there for me and like looking back on that like i don't know how i would have survived all that without yeah. her because i was in such a fragile mental state with like it's not even just about but like my body I felt like had been so disrespected yeah and so that really like ties into like your ability to be present with somebody and then like even care about something like like pleasure or safety Mm -hmm. because you're kind of like out of alignment with yourself I don't know how the woo -woo, that's like my woo way of putting it but like you're not right with yourself yeah so then like when it comes to asking for respect in terms of like I need you to be uh, you know, use protection or we're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. That conversation is so hard to have when, for me at least, I struggled with like deep problems of like self worth. Like that's yeah. always been the underlying thing. While still being a very sexual person, while being, I'm a very social person, mm-hmm. I get along with people, I get along with guys. Mm-hmm. I haven't really had a hard time dating or like finding guys who'd be willing to have sex with me, which is like different than people who like have a tough time you know, working on their confidence or feeling like they could even date or hook up Mm -hmm. or whatever. But like having the self-worth to be like, no, like saying no, like if you are not going to respect my boundaries, then like we're, it's not happening Mm -hmm. personally. Like, and this goes into like the hookup territory, which I like would love to have you back. And like, we, there's like so many conversations to be had about like hookup culture. Yeah. 
how many different ways that like bled into other things about like how I treated my body yeah, or like how I treated safety mm-hmm. or like all of that. And that I'm very, very grateful for the girlfriends that I had that held my hand through mm-hmm. a lot of these moments. Yeah. Um, and I also think we can continue to do better because like, we're just opening up, like you said, Pandora's box. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff to like There's so much sift through. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. I was curious to hear, like, I want to hear, like, your progression. I mean, obviously, like, you went through a lot to figure out, like, your self-worth and your body. And, like, I think even just with sex, like, you're constantly figuring what you like and don't like out. And then, I guess, where, 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 like, what was your progression like now? Um, I feel like a lot more okay with myself that I can be clearer mm-hmm. about, like, what I like and what I don't like. I'm also figuring out ways, like, okay, part of, like... My experience of being a woman, like, dealing with men that have their different levels of security (laughs) is that I never wanted to be the one to, like, scar them or, like, make them feel bad, you know? Because, like, it feels so fragile. Like, everyone's so fragile. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't want to say the wrong thing because I know what it felt like to have somebody say things to me, like, completely obliterate my confidence, right? And that was really, like, that first guy. Um, he criticized my body. He, he talked about the way I smelled. He like made fun of like my underwear, like everything to like, Oh my God. This and I'm like, you're the one dating someone like 10 years yeah. younger. Like, what do you like? I don't know. And it may, it literally scarred me. Cause I was like, I don't want to be naked around people. I like, mm-hmm. I felt so weird in my body. Yeah. I was really self-conscious. So that like messes with mm-hmm. the psychology of like having fun and like enjoying this intimate moment. Yeah, right? I agree. So yeah, I've really like worked on definitely boundaries and just being like, vocal about it Mm -hmm. and being like hey i'm comfortable with this Mm -hmm. like again i'm in my 30s and i feel like it's really become like the last several years Mm -hmm. where like with boyfriends or whatever that i'm or people that i'm dating or you know all the other stuff (laughs) be like really clear has been really hard yeah really really hard because i feel very fearful that i'm gonna hurt their feelings Mm -hmm. or make them like self-conscious so in, la- in instead, I'll deal with all of this, like, unsafe, you know, yeah. unsafe sex or, like, feeling lesser than or, like, I'll carry that burden, which I think is total BS, mm-hmm. you know? And I, and then it makes me angry and resentful. I'm like, well, why do I suffer for, then, your, yeah. for your pleasure? Dang. So it's a weird. It's a very layered thing. Mm-hmm. Still unpacking it clearly. But do you feel like from the first time that you did, like, I think it sounds like I mean, I just respect your mom so much that she would, like, have that conversation with you and cross that barrier to, like, yeah. talk to you about something that's serious. I think it helped me kind of set the f- whole foreground in in terms of protection and knowing that I, I'm, I'm like, I always have something to fall back on, someone to fall back on. I definitely don't talk about anything sex-related with her or anyone in my family unless I'm forced to uh-huh. today. Because I think now it's, like... Now I feel like I'm a whole I'm on a whole different journey with sex in my body mm-hmm. than I was when I was younger because I think now you know what sex is. Mm-hmm. Now you know, okay, I get enjoyment with this, but I also have body insecurities too. I think watching like porn at a young age, girl, being, right? <sighs> being around men that talk about what they prefer and like my guy friends, I'm just like and then you look at then you reflect back on your own body, you're like, okay, as age, well, not I don't, not all Asian women, they're all built differently. But I, I don't have a, I don't have big boobs. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not tall. I don't have long legs. And then, then you're thinking about like, will a guy actually desire me sexually? Because I don't have this stuff, you know. Right. And then so when you're in the when you're in the bedroom situation, like your goal is to be out out of your head, out of your mind, and enjoy the moment as much as you can. Yeah. When you're constantly like, fuck, I don't know if this is. Do you find this hot? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It kind of fucks with you a little bit, right? A lot. I mean, I, I really, you know, body issues that started with even, like, my brother making fun of the fact that I was, like, chubby. And, like, yeah. like and again, like, the images. It, it gets really, really big with women, like, how deeply programmed people can get. Mm-hmm. And, and I say for everybody. This is not just for, for women, but, like... For women in terms of, like, the weight of their desirability. Like, how much value that holds. Like, Mm -hmm. you can be smart. You can be, you know, run a great business. You can do great humanitarian work. Mm -hmm. You could freaking run the White House. It doesn't matter as long as you're hot. Like, literally, that's how I grew up. Mm -hmm. How hot you were, how pretty you were, how desired you were was, like, this, like, upper level of power Mm -hmm. and, like, value and status that, like, everybody just kind of aspired to be. Kelly Kapowski and not Jesse Spano. Like, mm-hmm. you want to be the hot cheerleader? Do you want to be the president? Mind you, they made Jesse's character a little bit like high pitched uh, and high strung. Like, yeah. I was like, she's more likable than that, you jerks. But like, you know what I mean? And so, like, for me, when it came to my body and like being desirable, if there's anything that was 
indicating that I was anything less than perfect. Yeah. It like crushed me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I cannot yeah. handle this. You Which know? is why I see like, even like, well, even porn is a whole different topic. Why it's like kind of talks in its own way. Yeah. But like, when you have when you're lacking this confidence, sometimes you're building it up with your body. You can see why you're like, I want to do what I can to to make sure you're like you're taken care of. Like deflect, I'm, deflect, right, deflect. Like I'll I'll give you head or whatever. You know things like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I don't really want to, but I just want you to have fun. I want you to enjoy this so that I just you won't focus on this stuff. Right. Know? Don't look at my body. Like I I had like a boyfriend where. Like, you know, I really didn't want to have sex unless it was, like, lights off. Yeah. Because I couldn't be there mm-hmm. if, if I, the I lights were on. I feel you. Like, don't look at, you know, I had of that, too. And I still, honestly, depending on, like, what time of the month it is or how much I've been working out, it still is in my mind. Yeah. It still is in my mind of, like, am I okay? Am mm-hmm. I desirable? And and I'm sure that guys have, like, you know, I've, I've talked, like, guys will talk to me. They're like... Does, you don't have to get into detail, but like, does size matter? Like, okay. did it, you know, and there's, there's, you know, a yep. slew of other things. But we're talking about like our experiences. I've definitely had so many like mental barriers. Mm-hmm. And I've talked about with my girlfriends too. Depending on who they are, I don't need like lights and like roses and yeah. candlelight. If you do, that's really sweet and romantic. That kind of like touches a different part of like my heart. Yeah. But in terms of like turning me on, not necessarily. I feel you. I don't you know? like, I, I, like my 16-year-old self was like, oh, I feel bad for you, but I don't need that right now either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would definitely not want the bunk bed, but like, yeah, you know I mean? let's, you know, let's be in a grow-up situation. But um, no, I'm still, I'm still figuring that out and, and learning how to be okay with having my stance and like not being defensive of it or mm-hmm. not being honestly antagonistic about it. Yeah. Be like, because I feel like we're in this shift of like, it only matter what men think. And now there's like a swing back of yeah. like, well, it's all about me and it's mm-hmm. all about what I want. No, I think it's like having mutual, like Understanding. we're both here and we're both enjoying it. That's what, to me, what I've experienced is the most fun. It's the most pleasurable. It's the most like you walk away feeling good about it. No, I feel you. Cause you don't want to walk away. I've just walked away from so many occasions feeling like, Ugh. Yeah. Oh, that's man. the only way to put it. Dang. Ugh. I think cause like, like to be honest, Man, I kind of feel, well, I have had my own struggles with sex too, but I think, so I've never been, I never experienced a hookup culture as much because I feel like I've, I've been pretty, I'm pretty traditional when it comes to sex. Like, oh, it's my boyfriend or someone I'm dating exclusively. Mm-hmm. But I think with that, I was lucky to have sexual encounters where I felt like very mutual, Good. Like very 50 50. Yeah. But it's getting, and for me, it's also understanding more and more of it as I encounter more relationships and more people. Mm-hmm. But then now, like, now, since I didn't go through that hookup culture, yeah. I'm wondering, is like, am I, am I, am I stopping myself from actually sexually exploring myself even more? Because mm-hmm. I do have some insecurities when it comes to like in the bedroom, you know. Right, right, right. And but I feel like as a as a woman, we're like we're we're taught through all these like videos or movies, like I have to figure it out all the time. I have to be on my A game mm-hmm. all the damn time mm-hmm. and be a good performer yeah. in bed. Yeah. And then back in my head, I'm like, well, I I don't know some of the stuff sometimes. I, I want to, and I feel you 100%, and I, and I, you know, it's, I wish I could answer that for you, because that, like, the, the, the nurturing side of me is like, no, don't do it, it's not worth it, but, like, everybody's journey is different, yeah. the, but I think the, the other component to the sex conversation that I think is really worth having, especially with hookup culture, which I do want to, like, expand upon and, and, um, go more in depth, but having recognition of the consequences, whether that is emotional, Mm -hmm. definitely physical, because I think I'm a very big, you know, was good, want to be doctor, but it's not fun. And I've had friends deal and I've had to deal with scares and I've had to deal with like pain and like UTIs even like, Mm -hmm. It's very painful. It's costly <laughs> on a very practical level. Like you think birth control is expensive. Like try having to go to the doctor because you have yeah. an STD. Like, and these are, and that further adds to like mental stress. Cause mm-hmm. you have to like then be self-conscious. Like I have a friend who discovered they have herpes and like, it's oh, something that's manageable now. And like more people have it. There's like communities, but like they, you have to deal with that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And that's a big part of the, we talk so much about like the pleasure and we talk so much about body issues. It's, it's a very wide, uh, so subject. much to cover. Yeah. But, and that's why I want to be like one one because that's something to still remember mm-hmm. that it's not all about just having fun and it's not all about just, and there's safety for many different reasons. Mm-hmm. It's not just about like the emotional mental safety, but yeah. it's also physical. That's true. Which feeds into that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I'm all about women empowerment. I think it's important for women to like 
explore themselves and mm. like have good sex and to orgasm. Like I literally want to buy some girlfriends. I'm like, I'm buying you a vibrator. And they're like, no, I'm like, why? What are you scared of? Like, it'll be your best friend. And they're like, no, because they just, in their mind, it's still mm, taboo. It's still yeah. like, um, like that's no, mm-hmm. I don't want to be that girl. I'm like, what do you mean that girl? Yeah. Like a full fledged woman who like enjoys, who enjoys her life. <laughs> no, I, I no, my friends are telling me to get a vibrator. I'm like, I don't, I still feel like, I'm okay. Yeah. I think I think um, toys and all that stuff, everybody can explore. Mm-hmm. Not everybody needs one. I was offering that as, like, a loving girlfriend gesture yeah. of, like, I want you to, like, have an orgasm. Because, like, some stuff. Yeah. I also want to say this, and this is, like, my thing, that, my theory. I was, like, I think the world would be better if we had better sex. And by better, I mean, like, safe sex mm-hmm. where... Um, you're not you're not sacrificing a part of yourself to do it. Yeah, you're not being exploited to do it. Um, but I think the world would be better if people had better sex, and oh. I think that starts with like talking about it. No, I agree. I think communication is like whether it's just someone you're serious with or someone you're like hooking up. But I think open communication about what you guys want and what it is, and in general, it's a good like route to take. Yeah, I feel like when. I guess we're going back to Sex 101. I'm trying to think about what are the biggest takeaways I've learned throughout yeah, the years. Would like, love to learn. I think when I was younger, like obviously you don't you're exploring what sex is, yourself, your body, and like ups and downs to happen. Mm-hmm. But I think now the biggest thing I'm learning is like it's okay to not to feel like you still haven't had it figured out still with sex. So yeah. like, I mean, I've still I had a conversation with my girlfriends like literally last week about like. What like what are positions that work for you? Because these are things that you got to figure out your body and the motion. Because everyone kind of has their own little dance they like to work like to work with that works for them. And like yeah. for me, communication is a huge thing with your partner. Like yeah. whether like like I said, it's whether it's hookup, like talk about what's going on, what you like, what you don't like, because that's how you make sex better. Mm-hmm. It's like what you don't like that. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I know I, that won't do that. Yeah. Um, and also it sets, sets expectations to not hurt yourself emotionally with it. Yes, I mean, I agree. It really, honestly, I think those open conversations, honestly, first, first and foremost with yourself, like that sounds really cheesy, but like Mm -hmm. to really think about like giving yourself space to be like, I deserve to like have fun in this too. And like ask for me, it's, it's been a lifelong thing of like, why am I seeking this? Like, Mm -hmm. honestly, I did participate in things that I really didn't want to. And Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, like, I've had to deal with that and like, wonder why did I do that? Like, I didn't really want to do that. Why did I do that? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there are, there are real repercussions and like, it's not just to make put gloom and doom on it. Like there's like really beautiful things. Like I personally for myself have had better sex with someone that I'm in love with. Yeah. Um, and there's just different parts of you that it can be fulfilling. Mm-hmm. But, you know, ask yourself those questions. And, like, it starts with you, honestly. I think with everything. Career, whatever. But, like, definitely with sex. It is obviously participating with somebody else. But there's part of it that's just purely personal. Yep. And I think giving yourself space to, like, be okay with things and mm-hmm. not be okay with things, that's fine. And also give yourself room to expand. Like, you may change. Like, your preference might change. Maybe you are a roses and candles person but maybe like you're exploring a different side of you that's mm-hmm. more primal and you don't need that stuff mm-hmm. that you thought you needed in order to like get in the mood yep you know like mm-hmm. people keep changing and yeah. i think that that's a really cool part of life um but like what what we can do to like be safe about it mentally emotionally physically and like um reduce the shame honestly that's what i know that's why i I totally agree because i think when i when you say open the communication up and be more comfortable with yourself it's because when you're more comfortable with yourself and knowing that this is for you you're more confident with saying what you want to someone because i think i know some girls are like afraid to ask the guy they got tested Mm -hmm. i was like like, ask the dude like it's okay you're protecting yourself yeah and him in the end Uh so i think when you're open to communication and are comfortable with your body to ask that yeah you're kind of saving yourself too 100 percent. right and i think it's a different form of like taking responsibility yeah like look i'm not the victim because i did my due diligence i like that feeling of like okay i'm choosing to do this um therefore yeah when's the last time you got tested yeah and normalizing it and and not making it a big deal Mm -hmm. and like I appreciated people who were honest with me back and like me being, and it kind of feeds in it. And then you can, you can participate in that. And, and there's no shame in being like, cause you're just being upfront. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's like a maturity thing and 
you know, everyone's so different. Everyone has their different cultural influences, mm-hmm. different religious influences, and their own personal hang-ups, different desires. Um, it's not to shame anybody, but I care about people really, like, getting educated. Because for me, I think I really could have benefited from getting more yeah. educated early on. Um, and that's something when I, if and when I have kids, I it will be uncomfortable. Even as open as I mm-hmm. am now, I'm still like, I'm going to be mad uncomfortable. Because yeah. it's like watching your children become sexual creatures. It's weird. It's weird. It is. But it is what it is. Yeah. And so I think, you know, we'll just have to deal. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> this is why I'm not having kids anytime soon. It's like, looking forward to this one. It's going to be great. But... Mel, I, I appreciate this, like, was so helpful for me. I don't know. Fun. Like, it's really, really fun and helpful. Like, I genuinely think we're creating safer spaces. Like, even if it's just through the airwaves, like, between you and me, I learned a lot about myself, like, even just being able to share yeah. with you and, like, process it. Yeah. Like, you know all these things, but, like, when someone asks you, you're like, oh, yeah, I didn't... I didn't know about that, I didn't right? realize... I thought, yeah, that's what I think. I, I didn't realize how, like, a journey sex was. The journey with sex is something I never really thought about, but talking about it with you, I'm like, we have went through a lot just with ourselves, with the idea of sex and all this stuff, yeah. and it's still... I, I think having this conversation makes, makes me realize, like, I would encourage everyone out there to actually have this conversation with their close friends, because... Yeah. It is awkward, but I feel like you learn more about yourself and your friendships could develop deeper mm-hmm. when you're able to share things, encourage each other. Right. right. So thank you so much for letting me come on and oh talk my about gosh, this. I'm really honored. I want to hear. There's so many other topics. There's like we got to talk. We we started there's so many things like the porn conversation. I know please. the hookup culture. Yeah, all of it. Yes. Okay, so you'll be a returning guest. Awesome. And, uh, and in the meantime, where can people find out more about you? Well, I also have a podcast with two other amazing Asian American women called Asian Boss Girls. Yes. So you can find us at Instagram at Asian Boss Girl. And we're on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, all the podcasting platforms, so you can find us there. Yes. And what do you want to put your person or you like tagged in everything so we can follow you? Oh, I'm on Melody. I think it's C Chang. I changed it recently. But yeah, my Instagram handle is Melody C Chang. Got it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mel. This was like such, I'm really, really happy right now. I'm very honored and like grateful. No, I'm the honored one. I said this earlier. But thank you so much again. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. Well, you can find First of All Podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Radio Public, Spotify, and everywhere else you find podcasts. If you enjoy this episode, which I hope that you did, because that was our main goal is that we're going to make this a safe space to talk about really important things. Um, share it with a friend and leave a five-star review and a subscription would be great because um, I love all of you guys and I want to continue this conversation as we keep unfolding and packaging all this stuff together. And uh, shout out to Marvin Yue, my audio engineer and producer and thank you to Aquafina for use of her song Yellow Ranger for the intro and outro. I'm also a member of the Potluck Podcast Collective which is a collective of Asian American podcasters and storytellers and that is it for this week's episode of first of all i love you all so much have an amazing time and thank you again now thank you bye i got this all up on my linkedin proficient in spitting turning red when i'm drinking emancipating pussy like i was babe lincoln squirting out that kool-aid to lot of ratchet sick sick Hi, I'm Marvin. And I'm Rira. We're the host of Books and Boba, a book club and podcast dedicated to books by Asian and Asian American authors. Every month we pick a book by an Asian author to read and discuss on the show. We read a wide variety of genres from contemporary to historical fiction, fantasy to memoirs, and crime thrillers to romance. Some of our past book club picks are Pachinko by Min Jin Lee, Sorcerer to the Crown by Zen Cho, and Devotion of Suspect X by Keigo Higashino. We also go over what's new in the Asian American literary world and chat with some talented Asian authors about their work. So whether you want to start reading for fun again or diversify your TBR list, we got your Asian literature cravings covered. For more info, check out our website at booksandboba.com. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts. Part of the Potluck Podcast Collective.